I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Let the countdown begin! Hey, idiots, I'm so excited to start this top 40 episodes of all time of Ignorance is Blessed countdown with you guys, and I'm super excited about this first one. Really quickly, uh, if you want to come see me live, jmscomedy.com slash shows. I might have dropped in a thing at the beginning of this if I decided to do that later, but in case I didn't, I know for sure I'll be in Alameda, California at Alameda Comedy Club, December 15th and 16th. And you can find the rest of my dates, jmscomedy.com slash shows. Holy shit, you guys. Okay, so I'm definitely re-listening to all of these episodes so I can just hear perspective here, who I was, who the guest was at the time. Not, I mean, like, I know who they were, but, like, you know, who they were. And some of them I'm doing these intros and then going to listen before they come out. But this one I was just scrubbing through, taking out the old intro that, you know, of course, had old dates and old you know, telling you to find things like my Patreon, which I, which is specifically for coaching comedians now, not for supporting the podcast. But, and I swear most of my intros, I don't swear. I think most of my intros for these won't be as long as this one, but this is the first one of the top 40 countdown. And it's Sean Polofsky, who's a fucking beast. And what's crazy is you'll hear it. We start talking about crowd work and like, I say she should do a crowd work special. And it's like this thing that's barely been done and if you are on Instagram you're on TikTok you know that like crowd work has since exploded uh so hopefully she'll put out a crowd work special if you get a chance to go see Sean Polofsky live somewhere please do she's uh one of the best uh I mean comedians overall but top tier for crowd work so I'm excited for this it's such a cool look at uh, just a kind of Life of a comedian, but a few years before, you know, the internet sort of shifted, sure to shifted, Jesus, uh, just how we put out content. And anyway, you're going to love her. She's delightful. Enjoy episode number 40 and look forward to the rest coming soon. But for now, this is the re-release of Stretching It Out with Sean Polofsky. I am here with Sean Polofsky, the incredible, amazing comedian. Thank you for being here. Uh, I don't even know. you. You Okay, let's just get into your special because when I started comedy, oh God, what a fucking, <laughs> is that a nightmare for someone to be like, ever since I started, I saw you and I was like, uh, you were one of the first, when I moved to LA, like first, like bigger, like female comedians I got to watch live. I just think you're incredible. Oh, well, go on, Jessica. Well, I mean, just so- keep keep talking. <laughs> really, really. No, no. We've got about an hour, so just this just keep going. Well, it's just it's just like a thing where that like uh every once in a while when I like start to get to a point I'm like I, I don't know, like four years ago I was on a show with you and I was like Oh my god, I'm on a show with Sean. Like, <laughs> well, I think you need to aim higher first. <laughs> and uh I I I I'm just, you know, I'm so happy to be here just sitting down with you cuz you know, before we started this podcast, I had this huge conversation with 
with you about, um, well, with you, you know what conversation we had, but they yeah. said no, that Listeners. we talked about your worldly travels. And I have to say, you know, as a comedian, it, I was, I was so, and, and just as, as a, as a woman and as a comedian, I was so impressed that you just it, so boldly went overseas and you were like i'm just gonna attack europe and not in like the terrorism kind of way no. but in like the um but you know and just they, only because i would have failed yeah 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 <laughs> but terrible terrorists they'd see you coming with your blonde hair but <laughs> just um, covered in glitter yeah like, there's yeah nothing to see here <laughs> and a bikini hey guys um <laughs> but i just you went over there to the fringe festival and I, I i mean i'm so impressed and i admire you so uh right back at you i just you know, it's it's always I'm always kind of surprised. It's when other comics or people have said, "Oh, I I watched you and was ex and it's it's I'm never not just surprised or touched by that." I mean, you're so incredible. You've done like a ton of military stuff, right? Uh, t a ton of military and yeah. ton, a ton of military shows. So yeah, yeah. yeah I know where you're going with that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was very fortunate. Like right after. Uh, 9 11, I was sent overseas to entertain the troops, but really, I mean, that was like Japan and Korea. Like, thank first. goodness they yeah. need entertainment yeah. really bad. Yeah, I'm not going to be shot at here. And then <laughs> um, with time, I went to a couple of years later, I was in um, Bosnia, Kosovo, kind of right after the war Whoa. there. And then I went on to do, um, I was in Afghanistan twice. <gasps> oh my God. And Did you have to like gear up and like, oh yeah, sheltered to a yeah, helicopter? Yeah, you are or in, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You are in a, like a 50 pound uh bulletproof vest oh my god and, and you're and, so tiny you're just like oh just, did you just call me tiny i'm yes. never leaving this podcast oh my god, I love you were like 12 hours later sean's still here i called her tiny <laughs> um but no 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 you're in the you're in the you're in the vest and then they put the heavy metal hat on you and oh the hard metal hat is like 25 pounds so i always say like i said this in my comedy special even if i wanted if there was a situation and I wanted to run, I couldn't. Like, I can't. Like, I would this. just fall over like, like a weeble wobble. I'll just lay here and hope they don't see me. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> I I'd be dead you walking. It'd be over. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know how they do it with the gear. I'm, sometimes I'll carry my purse on my shoulder around the corner, and I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I'm practically <laughs> in boot dangerous. Camp. can't believe I left these sunglasses in here. They're <laughs> weighing me down. Do they give you, like, a debriefing before you... Well, this is how my debriefing went. It was um, my friend Mike. Uh, why am I blanking on Mike's last name? Woo! Early Alzheimer's. Um, oh God! My friend. My fears. Yeah, don't worry. It's happening. It's oh. okay. It's all good. Thanks. Um, <laughs> my friend Mike Burton. Mike Burton okay. uh, was booking comedians, so he kind of had a private contract with the government. Wow! And that private contract was you sign a death and dismemberment dismemberment <gasps> form before you leave and it's literally one that Mike put together Whoa. and it's like I am not responsible for your death or your this so there really wasn't much oh, protection for me and the other comic that you're sent with you're like this isn't going to be a thing where like you're specially protected no and i was the first female comedian to go to afghanistan <gasps> because it was wow. mostly men at the time and you know they would get like some female singers or dallas cowboy cheerleaders yeah, but like course. you know it it took them time to get on board with the lady comedians so that must have been it was nuts <clears throat> that must have been exciting for a variety of reasons but like <clears throat> it was to, getting it to be a, a strong female voice going to a bunch of soldiers. I feel like because I've only done a handful of mm -hmm. military shows. They're like they've always been the most 
appreciative crowds. Yes. And a just general sim- somewhat rowdy bunch. But Until they're not the most appreciative crowd. <laughs> Until they turn on you. I've had it. <gasps> I've had it. No way. I had it. I had what? it. I had it in Japan and Korea. The very first time I went overseas after 9-11, I walked on. We were performing in Sasebo, Japan, and it was on this Navy base. They'd all just gotten off the boat. They'd been on for three months. They hadn't had any liquor, and it was payday, and the show was in like a disco in the round. Yeah, perfect for comedy. Yeah, great. And they're just, uh, you're performing in the middle of like the dance floor. I come out, I'm wearing like red, white, and fucking blue. Like, I'm I'm going I'm like patriotic. Don't we all feel it? And I have like high heels on, a little bit tighter shirt because, you know, I was single at the time. And it's hard to meet someone in L.A. I I just had to go where the odds were better. Surrounded by no shit. I'm like, I'm your only choice. So I like, I'm a supermodel regardless of what your type is. Yeah. Ignore my Jew face. So I I went (laughs) on the dance floor and I walked out. I said like one sentence and some woman yelled from the back, you fucking whore. (gasps) And I mean, I couldn't even, I mean, I'd flown 18 hours. I mean, here I was just trying to like lift the spirits of the military and I hear you fucking whore. And I'm like, now wait a minute. I haven't even told you what a whore I am yet. So (laughs) just hold up. That comes like minute 20. Yeah. And they just people, they just all kind of erupted. And so I said, Hey, one, if you guys want to heckle and yell shit one at a time, like it's all can happen at once. So, you know, I'm up here. You want to do this? Then let's do this. So they let me kind of, they saw I was strong and that I wasn't going to take some shit. And I'm like 30 minutes you. into my set and suddenly I feel something hard hit my face. <gasps> and a military person had pitched a cherry, like a hardball at my fucking face. What so the at this fuck? moment, I was done. And I don't know what happened to me. And now I know like I'm not, I'm a big pussy. If I see people <laughs> fighting or this, I run the other way. No, thank I'm you. an alarmist. I'm like, you know, panic McPanerson. <laughs> and I know now why people fist fight, why they do. And the adrenaline in me had had it. He's just like, and snap. I did. And I have been taking kickboxing classes beforehand. So there's something like <laughs> I, I, You're, I'm going to fight the entire military. I did. Right I did. Now. I walked out like with a half shirt and heels and I had a cherry in my hand and I, I screamed from the stage. I had the cherry in my hand. I said, who threw this at my face? Who threw this at my fucking face? Fuck. And they all point to this like six foot five dude. He was huge. What a piece of shit. And I walked out into the audience with my microphone, with the cherry in my hand. I came to like his ball sack and I was like, I held it up. I held the cherry up. Like I, I stood on my tippy toes and I was screaming and I was like, did you throw this? I go, did you throw this at my face? Did you throw this at my face? Cause this is the size of your balls, small balls. And then the whole room goes small balls. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, thank God there. I got him. Yeah. And then that guy, and I was like, cause I will kill you. I said those words. I, I have no idea. You. I will kill you. You're I don't know. Threatening I'm gonna kill him with my ma- my Manolo Blahniks. Like I said, I will kill you. The whole room erupted I in fucking like it was like Hell's Angels. <laughs> and then I went back on stage, finished my set. Like, anyways, now I'm gonna tell you what a whore I am. <laughs> I finished my set. Pete Gray went on. They threw. He's like, "Fuckers, you can throw anything you want at me." They threw glass. They threw so much shit. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> and then the guy who drove us and nobody intervened. It was shocking. And then the guy who drove us back to our hotel, 
He's like, you guys did great. And I'm like, what, ha- what happened to the so people who failed? Service. You're like, what? Yeah. And then I went back into my tiny, tiny, tiny ass Japanese hotel room and I, cr- I cried terribly. I was exhausted. I was tired. And it's and like I, you probably had been so excited for this. So excited. I thought it was an opportunity outfit, of a lifetime. And you think like all these soldiers are going to be like, yay. Like, Mm-mm. oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. What a fucking. Also, the only- how small is your dick to be a full grown man? And throw <laughs> something. But you know what? It wasn't like. Then the rest of the military shows I've done in my lifetime were very respectful, especially if they're deployed and they're sitting there with an M16 in their hand. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere and there's 20 soldiers yeah. and you land in a Black Hawk at nine in the morning to do comedy. There's no liquor. You're out there like a monkey going, dun, 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 yeah. dun. hey, you know, yeah. war, dun, 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 dun. die. Um, <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> you know what I mean, guys? Yeah. And um, it's, it's crazy, but the two times I had an audience where it was like they were fucking out of control was the Navy. And I'm not hating on Navy because I do love it. though. But they were drunk, just got off the ship. And I'm like, and it was, it, I did, uh, it was in uh, Dubai. <gasps> they just come off this SS Lincoln and you would, you walked outside this outdoor venue and everyone has like, 70 beer can empty big beer cans Jesus. on the table and those were just the women it's like you can't get back the months you were on that boat by drinking no but they sure try and then it becomes a scene from the accused people <laughs> start getting closer men start getting closer and like i the two male comedians i traveled with, one was a blind mexican so he couldn't fucking help me with anything oh, no. you know he's feeling his way around everywhere and the other one was Reuben Paul, who oh, always gosh. had my fucking back. Thank God. And I was like, Reuben, I need you to watch. But they just, guys would start to move close. They're just drunk. Yeah, they're rowdy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that's scary. It was scary. See, I don't think, uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it gets a little cagey. A yeah, little, fuck. little like, you're dodgy at times but i'll tell you though that like the real deployed zones like djibouti in africa which is nine miles from right from (laughs) somalia that was nuts i mean the places that i've seen and the war zones that i've been in and it just makes me appreciate that i get to live in this country what you have yeah my freedoms and the respect that i have for the military the men and the women that serve this country it's it's you know, I can, I can at least, cause you know, I'm, I'm too big of a pussy to sign up to fight. Oh yeah. That's not going to happen unless you throw a cherry at my face and you have to be like jihad throwing <laughs> a cherry at my face. You have to personally bully me yeah. and then I'll sign up. You got to wait till I fly 18 hours. Yeah. I'm in a half shirt and then you got to I gotta, need to like, feel personally attacked by <laughs> one individual terrorist <laughs> and then I'm joining immediately. It's, it was, it was crazy, but, um, nothing that I will ever forget that I will carry to my grave with me. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, because it's so easy to just think of. I mean, I guess this goes for so many aspects of life, but just to think of, you know, our military as sort of a concept and it's Mm -hmm. easy to go like, oh, you know, just create ideas of Mm -hmm. like of those people or not really be aware of how much they're really doing and just go yeah like the war or whatever but it's like yeah but there's like actual people there and it's easy to like when you go maybe you're overseas for the holidays yeah fourth of july i always i always went to afghanistan in the winter time because the insurgency is is like a lower risk (laughs) which is like i love that i did that fucking crazy jewish math like well i won't die this time because it's winter because they're also like (laughs) it's too cold to attack yeah they're like august comes around yeah Mm. 
Um, but Shit. you know, I would go over there and you see like the morale or it, and, and it, the depression hits you real fast, whether you know you're coming back to the States or yeah, not, like you palpable. don't serve. It is. And you come back and you carry it with you and you look at things like waiting in line at Starbucks and you're like, who cares? Who cares? Like there's, there's bigger like, problems in this earth. No, none of it matters. Yeah. You carry that with you for a while. Yeah. It's sometimes hard to get out of that of like, I'll, I'll see myself just falling into slumps of, and I think also just doing comedy, mm-hmm. we're sort of in a position where we have to try to objectively think about the world and then you go like, well, does it really matter? Yeah. What thread count my sheets are? It does, but (laughs) it does like the (laughs) things that seem, you know, so big before you're aware of such huge Mm -hmm. things. You're like, I don't. Yeah. There's things I just like, can't be bothered to care about anymore. And you can't explain it really to people. You can't say like, Oh God, this, this shit doesn't matter right now. Like, and yeah. still my heart and my brain is back to what I saw. And I saw a lot. Yeah. And these guys and women, these men and women, they'll tell you things. And you're like, what? Like, holy or they'll shit. be like, you want to see a dead person? <laughs> like, uh, like the special forces will show you guys have been shot. But, you know, and you're like, oh, uh, no. no, no, no. I mean, there was one time when I was in Djibouti and the guy's like, do you got you want to see a dead body? There's one in the. Bu-. No. Wow. And they're so like desensitized from being over there in it. Crazy. That's crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, and it's like, boy, do we not have enough no. health care. I mean, there. how do you even... Mm-hmm. I mean, the PTSD war vets have to deal with, but it's like, how do you really even treat that? You know, how do you account for, like... I can't. The I trauma. don't know how you do. I don't know one soldier. Even, you know, soldiers that I met that came back, I everyone thinks about whether they go on to be... I know, I know soldiers that, like... Sold a TV show yeah. that was about models and you know to in style <laughs> that and but in the back of their heads they know what they saw and they all and battle they it. all battle whatever success wherever they've all moved on or come back to their families Mm-mm. you still see all that stuff yeah mm-hmm. that's and then it's it's hard to be like you know I did my service with my butthole jokes yeah. <laughs> For one moment, this man who will not be able to live the same for the rest of his life, he laughed. And probably not since then. But Yeah. But I, I mean, but it's so cool that you've gone and done that. And like, that's well, fucking thank you. scary. Because I mean, it's like... There were moments like, I was, I was, you know, I think of the, the time when I decided to go. And my father, my father is this, uh, he's a neurosurgeon. And he actually served in Nam um, out right Whoa. out of medical school as a medic and he never really talked about it. Never. Wow. And then when I got asked to go to Afghanistan, that's when he spoke up and He's he was like, like hey. I will, whatever I need to pay you to get you not to go. To go? Really? And I said, yeah, I'm going because I had my family, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have children. I didn't have a husband. It's I like barely I even, I mean, I didn't have boyfriend. I didn't have anything that I owed you know, I had my parents I and I had my siblings. For, that and, it's like, yeah. somebody needs me to stay in. Yeah, and I felt like the service was greater. That desire and that need to to serve and to help was greater than if I didn't survive. I mean, you try and think like, okay, wow. I am. And you try and have a plan that you will survive. But it's like you can't plan for that. Like, you You try. I mean, we had moments where I thought, oh, fuck, my dad was right. I'm, go- I'm not coming home like and it wasn't really like flying with Blackhawks or it was in convoys and oh, convoys wow. go really fast and they're not supposed to they're supposed to go a certain speed limit but oh, because shit. everyone's so scared 
They're just like hauling they, ass. They haul ass. Get you and that's how most a lot of people die. It's Soldiers not even like die. the war stuff. It's like a convoy no, accident. It's, 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 it's a convoy accident. And you're not in a tank. You're in a Ford truck and you're going 125. Fucking a. And if a kid crosses the street or there's an I, you know, an IED, you, yeah. or you just kind of got to hold your breath and go, can I get from point A? Please let me make it to, to point B. B. Yeah. yeah. And we were in a convoy and we were following a big military truck that. And then it, they, the military truck got in an accident with an <gasps> Afghani car. Fuck. And then they had to pull on the side of the road and put the truck on top and back of the other truck. And I was pulled over with Butch Bradley at the time. And, I, you know, Shit. I'm sitting in this little Ford truck on the side as these soldiers get out. And they're kind of like freaking frack. They're, they're a little chaotic. It's yeah. not like special forces. And you start to see the traffic of all the Afghani cars drive by with loads of people in it. It's like, how many Afghanis can you fit in one car? The yeah. answer is 92. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see them pick up their cell phones and you're like, okay, those detonate bombs. What's, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, you're and like, I'm sitting in the car like- and I'm like, someone's coming to get us, right? Like special forces or people are coming to at least get someone's us been notified to get the comics out of here. And yeah. he's like, they're not. And we, he's like, do you remember how to shoot an M16? Because, you know, do they for teach shits you that? and giggles, no, for shits and giggles, sh- soldiers want to show off at bases. Sometimes they'll let you shoot guns, missiles. Oh, wow. I almost blew up special forces on top of their compound. <laughs> oh, what they wanted me to help, they were like, you want to shoot a missile? And it was cold outside. And when I went to go push the lever, it was so cold, I pushed the whole um head of the missile i moved the whole thing to aim straight up and i I wasn't i was about to pull the lever and then it was like 20 special forces were like she's gonna kill him i almost killed i mean i almost killed 20 guys because we had about 30 seconds to run Can you imagine like the fucking i i know i felt terrible about it (laughs) because i just got to afghanistan and i was like and murder (laughs) um but you know when when Butch turned to me and he says, do you remember? And I'm like, I remember I have a Xanax in my purse. I don't, I'm, I'm going to just deal with that. And right he's now. like, Sean, I may have to drive this truck. And you can't like, because there's still, um, landmines around <gasps> Afghanistan from the Russians. So oh it's not God. like you want to run to the right or the left because you don't know where everything is. So you just got to like, and we just had this moment where I was just, I was like oh. in my head going, am I going to have to shoot an M16? And, what did I do? I said, why did yes, I do this? And, and but th- th- there was that moment where I thought this is it. Fuck. And I did have that. And especially like, oh, with your like dad being a war veteran being like, don't. Yeah. I thought, God damn it. My dad was yeah. right. He gets to be right after I die. Yeah. He just, I told yeah. her so that, that like, son of a bitch. Yeah. It, but it, uh, you know, you have those moments and I, I'm, I have a fear of flying too. So that combined with going in, Blackhawks and planes. I, I'm afraid oh, wow. of commercial flying, but I go. But when wow. they, they had to put me in some some planes that held like six, I I I mean, like, I had to be knocked out. I'm not kidding. Guantanamo Bay. You went to Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. What? Yeah. They flew us in. I think a piece of paper that was held together by <laughs> duct tape. I shit you not. Holy and I'm, shit. The, and it was. You know, you couldn't fly over Cuba at the time. You had to fly three hours, even though you were at like a 20 from Florida. You had to like go. You had to fly around. Oh, my And God. I held my breath. I mean, and the and they sat us in a seat of this plane that was like a bus. The back of the plane, we sat in like a bus seat with oh one big seat. Oh, my God. Belt. 
And I just remember thinking, this can't be okay. Why are we even bothering with this seatbelt? I was not going to do anything. I was like hysterical. I was not, I mean, those, everybody, the like six men that were on that plane with me wanted to just like jump out in a parachute out because I was like, this is it. This is the end. It's La Bamba. We're La Bamba. (laughs) And they were like, they were like, Aaliyah, Aaliyah, they weighed us. Did they weigh the luggage? I mean, I was in full like, Aaliyah. I was in oh full God. fucking, full fucking Did terror. They weigh the luggage. They weigh the luggage. They weigh you like it's oh the whole thing. God. So I don't, you know, I was, mis- I, I'm always told misinformation. That's how these guys, these guys, these bookers and people get me through this because I believe yeah, just that don't tell be, her how bad it's going to be. Yeah. I believe I'm going to be treated like JLo and yeah. I'm not, I'm flown on a piece of paper. You're like I'll be on a private jet. Yeah, like, no. What in the fuck? Yeah. No. Meanwhile, I'm on a piece of paper with Geo Metro in the sky. Yeah. Oh wow! Crazy Guantanamo Bay, huh? It's a beautiful place too, which is so nuts. I mean, like it's beautiful blue water. You just can't believe it's this torture camp. Yeah. Did you see any of the? I saw where they keep the prisoners, and they were like, "We want to give you a tour." And I'm like, "No thanks." Yeah, I'll pass. (laughs) I'm gonna hide this Jew face for a while. Yeah, like I'll just be over here. But we did perform right outside. That's interesting. We we performed at like three venues on Guantanamo Bay, and one of them was right outside the prison. And I did get a little bit bold, you know. I was like, "There's a," I was like, "Take that, terrorist! There's a Jewish girl here!" <laughs> like I did, ton. Everyone's That's like, so- "Shut the fuck up! They can hear you." But um, like, this is maximum security. Right? I'm like, "Can they hear me over the Metallica torture music? Can they?" So um, but it was. It was surreal. It was really wow. surreal. Wow. I love it looks the idea. like this nice island. But yeah, because you're like, this could be a resort. Yeah. And, and instead. It's not. God. I like the idea that somewhere in Guantanamo Bay, there's some like, you'll <laughs> never know that there's some super fan of yours. And like, when I get out of here, I'm going to get that Sean Polovsky special. <sighs> oh my God. You're special. Let's talk about that a little bit. Is that, was this your first? Yeah, my first special. First one hour comedy special. Oh, you have a couple albums? I have uh, one, oh, album. one album. Okay, okay. So this also, they made an album out of this, out of this okay. as well. So um, two comedy albums and then one um, just video comedy special. Yeah, yeah. How many years in the making was the material that you did? Ooh, eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, just a you know, just a short eighteen. Just compound of torture. It's an hour. <laughs> it's an, well, yeah. I shot. I did two shows that night in like a five hundred seat theater. Uh, uh, wonderful. In uh, downtown LA, so we sat it twice. Nice. Uh, and. Uh, I did about an hour and 25 minutes and then we edited it down, edited it down to 55. Was it hard deciding? Yeah, it's hard. A, the material to do in the shows, but then going. Yeah. Cause uh, you think, okay, I've written down an hour and when you practice it, it's an hour. And then when time goes by and everything happens it turned like, into an hour 25. So you just got to figure out where to cut and what to do. Shit. Damn. Yeah. Oh my God. The labor of love, really hard thing to do to shoot your own special and to like, you know, you get, you get, I got approached by a producer who had shot one and he's like, Oh, you know, it'll be so easy. It'll cost (laughs) about 10 grand. And when it's said and done, it's just, it's a monster of an undertaking. I'm really happy I did it. I gathered a great team of people and I put my heart on the floor and people flew out. I mean, Queens flew out from all around, you know, and it I was really just you know, in, in all the support. And I, I'm really happy with the product. And I mean, it's just been t- I, it, like from an outside, just fan of your comedy perspective. It's like, finally, you know, 
like oh, a long time thanks, coming. Jess. It's just great for people to be able to like cry. See, Thank you. See you. Cause your comedy is so great, but it, it's, you're someone who I think there's a lot of comedians I think are great that like, if I didn't see them do the comedy, like if I wasn't watching them, I'm like, I still get pretty much the same effect, but like you just also just have this extra thing of like, your jokes are so funny, but you light up the stage and it's just, just so nice. Aww. Like literally if, if you ever need a bone marrow, I hope I'm a match because oh God, don't but it's very me. painful. Let me die. It's painful, no. but I, I would give it to you. I mean, if I would you be really first. care about me. Just let no, me die. I wouldn't. I'd be like, it's here. <laughs> You're going to live forever. I'm giving you my BM and I don't mean bowel movement. <laughs> like, but if you want that too, <laughs> sure, I guess. Um, oh my God. I love that. Like Queens flew from all over. You're, yeah. I, you're like a gay icon. In, Not yet, in my but eyes. working, working, you're working an, on you're it. You're on the way to being a gay icon. Trying. Have you always been, uh, have you always run in circles with like the gay community? Um, you know, I, I, at sixth grade, I fell in love with the, the one gay guy that came out in our class. Eventually he came out. So like, I think it. early on I knew I kind of was obsessed with gay culture. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a young kid watching Mommy Dearest and I just <gasps> couldn't pull, I couldn't pull away from HBO. I just couldn't. And I would oh watch God. it. I would just watch it on loop. And Mommy I was fascinated. Dearest? I was fascinated with it. Oh, I mean, wow. literally for like the book fair. And I grew up in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. So the book fair at, at, at our elementary school, you had to dress up as your favorite book character. <laughs> I literally got uh, my friend Robin to dress up as Joan Crawford. And I went as Christina. <laughs> Like oh my, my mom let us go out like like shun, you're representing a book about child abuse like but I just thought it was so fabulous the oh, whole thing yeah my mom mommy dearest was my mom's like go to thing for like awesome I, I could be worse awesome uh, like Grey Gardens forget about it that's so funny I especially in Oklahoma that. they're like she's not well I didn't I didn't see Grey yeah I didn't see Grey Gardens <laughs> till I was was older and then um, like Behind the Candelabra like there's so many things <gasps> oh, I could just like focus on that are like gay and campy but I, I just you know I think at some point in college I knew a bunch of gay guys because I was in school of theater yeah but it was really like I graduated from college and more and more, I started to turn around, and I was like, God, I sure have a lot of gay friends. So when I decided to do com comedy professionally, and I was yeah. working a day job and performing at nights, and when I just decided to take the plunge about like 10 years ago wow. and just do it professionally for a living, I realized I needed a niche and that I needed to form a fan base. And in my head, it was like, okay, you got to get a big gay fan base because my idol's Bette Midler. <gasps> and I thought, uh. how did she get to where she got she developed a big gay fan base and i feel like God. they're always like the smartest and the first to come on board and if you can no. get their loyalty and if they love you then they love you and they will follow you i mean yeah. look at someone like kathy griffin who yes. you know she had fallen from grace with america and people were disenchanted with her but let me tell you something when people ask me they're like oh you know do you think that she would you know that she'll ever work it. Well, of course she's going to work again. She sells out theaters yeah, around the gonna world. She's going to stay working. She's always going to stay working because the gays will always stand behind her yes. and they will always buy her tickets. So that's the loyalty you need. You can say anything around them and then they'll stand behind you. I love that. And so I, I knew that that was something I had to develop. And then by kind of having that mentality, I showcased in front of some like gay comedy competition. I was the only straight girl performing. And then the, <laughs> the bookers from um, the Atlantis Gay Cruises saw me and it's like cruises with all gay men. And Amazing. So, you know, and I had to like fight for a year. I had to fight to get, to get booked on those because 
It was kind of reverse discrimination. They're like, well, you're not gay. Exactly. And all their entertainment for... You're like, well, do you want the entertainment sleeping with the boat going? Yes. And they're like, yes. Yeah. And they <laughs> this do. This is a gay cruise. They do. But I, <laughs> I just thought, you know, I'm going to keep fighting because I feel like gay men don't necessarily want to see gay comedy. They just want to see something bold yeah. and outrageous it doesn't and have opinionated to be and brazen. Same. And that's, I stayed in it till I won them over. And when I got in, I really got in and I was immersed in that for like nine years, just traveling that. the high gay seas with 6,000 men on ships and nuthuggers. And it was, it was fabulous. And that's kind of how my, you know, I'm very grateful to that company because that's how my my popularity grew. I love that. Yeah. Do you still do the cruises at all? I haven't done in like a year. I'm I've been producing and writing on a, a TV show. Yeah, so you're it's like hard so, to like so travel busy. and do in between because I'm, you know, working twelve hour days. Hey, and when yeah. you go on a cruise, you gotta be like, I need twelve days off. You yeah, know, and and they're, they're like, like, What? You mean you want us to fire you? Yeah, exactly. Like, no. Exactly. Wow. Was your goal from the like when you started, I guess when you started comedy, but especially like when you started going professionally, um, like what sort of was your big goal? Like, did you want to eventually transition over to TV, do it all? Oh, just yeah. be like a, well, I, I, I mean, I, 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 early on as a kid, I always acted and did comedic acting I and that. I always used, I was training groundlings at like 17 at like full, I went, I was, oh, in, I groundlings. was in, in like 17 years old. I was going to USC and I was in like, I was in lab class with Will Ferrell. I was like Holy working shit. with people that were just, just coming up and trying. And I really wanted to go that SNL route. I always did characters, impersonations. And that's what I was really pushing towards. Yeah, and then oh, so funny. I took improv. And then when I graduated college, I just kind of fell into, I did sketch comedy for a while. Yeah. And then um, I took a stand-up class and I didn't do really much with it. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed sketch comedy more. Yeah, and when like, I saw that, that the fun. sketch cam comedy wasn't really bringing in audiences and that I was just kind of spinning my wheels, I just said, I need something that's going to showcase me. And I went back in to start doing stand-up. And I love that. that's how, it, you know, m my career grew, just being more persistent in the in the area of stand-up. Oh, that's so great. That's But I always did. I was always in school plays and I always so I've always wanted to transition. I mean, acting is really my thing. I just want to be the the funny neighbor or the Just like yeah, the goofy like the talk show type of. or the overbearing Jewish aunt, which I seem to get a lot. That's, but, you know, I get it's a just, lot of offers to be a hooker. <laughs> I was going to say the overbearing Jewish aunt because <laughs> I don't see that, Jessica. <laughs> No, people are like, I have a great part. And it's, it's just hooker? for you. Like, the amount it's of times hilarious. people are like, you'd be great for this. And I look at it and I'm like, a hooker? You and Natasha Leggero. Yeah, the just hookers. taking all my parts. But yeah, no, I would just, whatever I can do. But yeah, the dream is to cross over. It's TV, it's film. I love what that. not, you know, that's it. Like I said, it used to be SNL, but at some point I was like, I'd just be happy to be working on the other side. Yeah. That's so funny. When I started, I was like, I really want to be on SNL. Yeah. And I did a lot of like goofy characters. Yeah. And, well, you were, uh, you went to USC. Were yeah. you from California? No, Oklahoma city. Oh, that's right. You just said yeah, that. Yeah. You were, we were in the same sorority. Yes, Different chapters we were. in the same. Kaya Omega. Kaya To be womanly always. Yes, always. Especially all those nights I was blacked out at frat parties. I know. Well, so my, my, my sorority would always say, because we all had like kind of lower voices, we'd go, to be womanly always. And then we go, to be manly sometimes. <laughs> we love to do that, to be manly sometimes. That's amazing. So yeah, we really, I mean, we were, we were very inappropriate. 
Oh, me very, too. I very was, I mean, I was exceptionally inappropriate compared to everyone else too. You went to Square, not Florida? University of South Florida. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say Florida. That's yeah, right. Yeah, which is like oh my gosh. Which is just party time. You yeah, know? Kyle's were great over there. Oh, so great. Well, we used to do, like, there's Greek Week and stuff where things, we there there were reasons that we'd have variety shows. Yeah. And I would write all the variety shows. Of course you would. And it would be like, we got to have these wacky characters. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got to be a comedian. And ever, all my sorority sisters were just, like, cool with me being. It's just, hilarious. Like, doing these weird characters. And so that sort of pushed me but we were we were mike our chi omega was the fat funny jewish asian girls that's we so funny we were we were the quote fat sorority too we were not popular we were funny mostly asians and Jew, asian and jewish like i turned around I and i'm like sure, sure and we you know we when my class came in they were struggling a little bit because we were the we had the highest IQ on sorority for, on Greek row. Loser, right? Yeah, right. we had a really high GPA too. People are like, Whoa. then my class came in <laughs> and we fucked everything up. We were just terror, and then we decided, you know what? We're tired of having like pledge classes struggling to get the pledges, and we rewrote for Rush Week. You know how you have to do the song. This you have to do like a show. So yeah. and did you guys do a, cor- a chorus line? Do you do mm, that? No, we didn't do that for a theme. We had a chorus line and I rewrote the script for it to be funny and great. We changed the costumes God. and I rewrote the whole thing and that year we got a full pledge. We're like, like a parallel universe. Yeah, the year that I did our Greek Week variety show, we because we'd just always been this sort of like under the radar. Yeah, we yeah. like won Greek Week. You and it see? Was, oh my God, we're like, I know. I just love it so I'm much. I'm telling you, bone marrow. Bone marrow. <laughs> um, did you, were you already doing stand up in college? No stand up. I was a part of an improv troupe, Comedus Interruptus, and we would uh. perform at, I was going through Groundlings at the time, so I was committed to that, and I would perform on Fridays uh, with my troupe, and I think they're still there every Friday wow. in front of the library, so we would collect this huge outdoor audience, and then that's so we awesome. would just do improv. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was you know, great training ground. I mean, I really think, thank God for my training in improv, because now most of my stand-up is improvised and I like to work with an audience and move Yeah, Do the people. way you like work a crowd oh, thanks, is Jess. so, it's genuinely, I am so impressed by it. Uh, it's it's, it's I'm, fun. I like don't do a lot of crowd work because I don't know, I just have never made the effort to get better at it and so it's sort of like na- now I'm in this like, yeah. just want to stick to my jokes yeah. and like, and it's always been a thing where if, if I end up interacting with the crowd, it goes fine. Like, I, uh-huh. it's, I've never had like a thing where I'm like, boy, really bombed talking mm-hmm. back to that person <laughs> who yelled out. But like, the way you can just fucking like crush a crowd is that like, it just floors me that like, I would love to see you do a crowd work special of like Jay like, Larson just did that because I, I mean like I think of you I thought the way when I, think I saw of him like, do that I was like God that was genius yeah well I saw Atel do one a few years ago uh, and I was like I immediately was like Sean Pulaski should do this she can do like she you're just yeah it's such a I don't want to call it like a separate skill from stand up but it is like a niche it's a different thing you know I think I I started doing it more to exercise my brain. Yeah. And it's like, I'd love to sit down every day and write 14 new hours of material. But at some point it's like, okay, I can write material, but I also want to be different. And if I'm at like 
comedy store. I'm at clubs. Yeah. And especially when they put you in the opening spot. And, and you got to like, get people on And people board. are like, I don't give a shit. What is, what is a woman doing coming out? Like, to that start ain't this Joe show? Rogan? Yeah. yeah. Where's Chris D'Elia? <laughs> Where's the waiter? This is the drink comedian. <laughs> Why is Streisand here opening yeah. this show? <laughs> I don't like her. Why isn't she singing one of our songs? <laughs> I don't know. She was performing at the comedy store. <laughs> like, what has happened? I turned to like the 1940s. That's me too. Um, I'm like, get out of here, bro. <laughs> but I, I, um, I just, I really, it, 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 it strengthens, it strengthens my brain. And I think, you know, at, at the end of the night, I can kind of walk away and go, okay, well, that was kind of something new that came out or you really got yourself. Cause sometimes I can get myself into a hole like, or uh, I can be a little impolitically correct and just working my way out of that is also a skill that you're like, yeah. fuck, I hope they don't hate me when I get out of here. Or you hope that they just walk out and go, okay, well I saw 25 people tonight. They're mostly men. Did I remember her or not? And you just hope that like, that you stuck I got to, sh- I got to like pull out my guns and just come out of blazing. Just fucking 21 guns. And yeah. Blazing. Yeah. Red, white, and blue. Right? Without getting a cherry thrown at my goddamn face. Oh, my God. Yeah, especially the store. Sometimes you have to be, like, almost on the defensive, depending on... Yeah, there's just crowds where you have to be ready to be like, oh, be. I'm not just going to get to run through my bit that I wanted to do. Yeah. That's fine. Which is what makes live comedy so fun. Mm-hmm. But also... Yeah, you just gotta... Yeah, but it's so fun. Like, when we worked in La Jolla together, I just I love. <sighs> having you a part Thanks of that ticket me. you know because it's it's you know it's a pleasure to work with people that are funny and people that are kind yeah and there's a lot a to be said and easy to work with there's a lot to be said that and i don't take that lightly i observe i watch everybody and i take note and if you're crazy and difficult and i seen that left and right it's like yeah no, thank you no i don't have time for that in this world absolutely not i would take and luckily i, I think there's enough comedians i have enough friends that I hopefully wouldn't have to sacrifice the the a uh, comedic ability of yeah. whoever if I, if I were like oh, I'm taking people on the road with me you know if yeah. I ever get to that like level where yeah. I'm constantly doing it, I'm like I think I would settle for someone who's easy to work with and maybe a little less funny than uh-huh. someone who which I don't think I have to do but like than someone who is funny but so high maintenance erratic or like it's like crazy you're like a liability I yeah. can't or just terrible to be around mm-hmm. you can't get along with you're like no i don't want to feel more stress than i already do than i already do because the yeah. road is it's like a whole thing it's a different type of show and if you have like, a, like three of you and it's people you know always make sure when um they ask me or they're like who you want to go with or you know wherever i go I, i'm like please let these people be nice i don't want to go and be you know yeah, i don't want to deal with my assholes. job and be an asshole i can't deal with that yeah oh it makes such a difference and i it's 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 some people i'm floored by that i'm like do you not think it matters at all mm-hmm. how you treat people yeah it's crazy let me go i have a couple of questions from people sure um oh on gay cruise stuff when you're doing a uh like a gay show yeah is the vibe especially on a cruise is it is the vibe gay is it gay? Is it like Pride Parade excited? <laughs> or is a lot of like making fun of fucking dumb straight people? Not necessarily. It's really. It seems like it'd be a party. It's it's a party, but I think what what the um, the art of working on the gay cruises is you gotta you really gotta be on your game, especially if they've seen you. 
And it's not about like the jokes you can do. It's about what you've observed in the moment from the minute you got on a plane from L.A. to, let's say, Copenhagen. Like we're talking about this cruise. You got to get on the boat and the shit that goes wrong and the queens that you've observed and the, you know, I try and go on as many excursions as I can. And I'll go on the ones that just look really fucked up. Like, oh God. Um, like, you know, uh, bungee jumping in the Dominican Republic. Like, never a good idea. Like, like that's no. never going to. But just to just, you know, and it gives you fodder for your show. Yeah. And I mean, you have a couple of shows to do. So it's like these guys want you, if they love you, they want you to reinvent the fucking will every time. Yeah, they're like, impress us, bitch. Uh-huh. And you got to, and then they come and they'll come again and again and watch and support you and laugh louder even the next time. So it is, it, it's stressful. It's work. And people are like, how come she's not out? Like, you know, if I'm not out all the time and I'm I'm prepping and I'm like prep constant, yeah, constantly watching and prepping. Cause I have to have new. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask like, is it like if there's particular benefits or challenges to having a specific audience but i guess that would be the big one is that like i gotta keep it fresh yeah and you gotta call you gotta be ready to call them out especially when messy queens come and they're in a thong with their ball hanging out and they sit in the front row and you gotta be ready to handle it i mean (laughs) that's it's not as common you know but they'll put my show up against like really late at night against the themed party number 420 you know we're like we get it you're all pirates you're You're like you know and (laughs) it's 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 nuts and so you're you're in competition too with there's 20 different types of entertainers at the same time yeah in different rooms so you've got like the drag queen that's well known from australia and you've got you know this cabaret singer from new york you know you can never compete against the big black woman cabaret singer from new york because the gays are all going to see her of course and so it's like oh god what do you know what can what trick can can you pull out what can you keep doing and you just got to be out there and about roast yeah yeah Wow, that's so impressive. Oh, please. Especially well, when you think about just, yeah, I didn't think of the everything you're competing against. And then just <laughs> the idea of having like an entire crowd of drunk people in a theme costume. And you're just like, no, but there are, there are always those stra- those queens that come in. That are on, they're on Molly. They're messy. And you're like, oh, girl, you're, like, you're a mess. Fall off the boat, bitch. Yeah. Like, you can't lock it up. <laughs> I mean, you're just a mess. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, oh, you're a life cruiser, aren't yeah. you? Yeah cruising on a cruise uh-huh. that's great um let me see someone had a um oh someone asked about uh sororities um they're like what are fraternities and sororities for like what is the mission statement like is there a reason you chose your specific sorority because no one else took me <laughs> i got dropped by everybody <gasps> but no! actually 80 pie another fat sorority took me <laughs> in um Edie pie yeah 80, 80 pie they were fat jewish girls they they took they they took me in and I went with Kai Mega because the girls there were funny. Yeah, because they like get like that was my selling vibe was I was like, oh, like I could go to a sorority or it's mm-hmm. like, look how pretty my sorority yeah. sisters are. Or it's like and you could get into every sorority. When I when I was rushing at USC, I, I had yellow permed hair <gasps> and I looked like a Kuna Matata. So no, like oh who God. would want Aww. nobody wanted the Lion King. I mean, I like I, I, I show, wanted you. But if I show pictures to like my husband or anybody, they're like. He's like, somebody fucked you looking like that? Like, it's terrible. Like, people are, are, are genuinely shocked when you see what I looked like. Oh, my so God. You had, like, it the really was a miracle. blonde. It was a miracle. It was like an, it was a 
miracle that I found a place and I'm still friends with all my sisters. So I mean, many. really close with them and they're all over and I can go to a city and they'll show up for, and they've yeah, got, they come out. Yeah. They've got kids. I mean, they're like real functioning people, people with families. It's so cool to see my, like I literally just got a text today from my big who just got engaged. You know, I was surprised by how many Jewish women were in my sorority. And they isn't, isn't Kai Meg. Everyone's like, Oh my God, that's really a religious. Yeah. Well, no, cause the their motto is Hellenic culture and Christian values. Was and it? I, was I, like, I think I blacked out. I don't remember. Yeah, I was like, well, this is all just like a thing that we're like, yeah, that's the right. Like yeah. none of us are any of us. Yeah. And then there were one or two girls that were super Christian. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I just know that like we talked about this before. If you were ever in trouble with Kai Omega, <laughs> you're always supposed to like, you're at a party and something's wrong or whatever. You turn to your sister and you go, what time is it? Yeah. Oh. And that's supposed to help you. Yeah. It's supposed to alert the other Kai Omega. So we've walked around all the fuck every party. We all were like, if anything happened, people would go, what time is it? And I could tell by the tone. I was like, shit, she's, she wants out. We got to go. Trouble. Let's go. That's mm -hmm. so funny. What I remember also it? during, there was a thing during rush where oh, I don't know. I'm like, am I supposed to say this? But like, yeah, we would have a, if you were talking to a girl who you couldn't stand like a, you know, like a, pledge or whatever yeah. coming in we put our hand behind our back yeah and like yes to like someone give me this conversation but that's everywhere like yeah. i remember when you had to decide who was coming in your sorority and we weren't bad we didn't talk but i knew th throughout the sororities if a girl was overweight like all the sororities at sc the word to this because you, you give three words to describe did you do that when you uh, yeah, someone I in? think so you use three words to describe somebody so they're like pledge susan and you're like susan is intelligent she is worldly and then if someone stood up and goes healthy <gasps> healthy meant you were fat oh my god but like that didn't really happen in our sorority as I much as it did i knew in other sororities yeah no it's like they're every, all the every other sorority at sc was like the, everyone keeps the fat girls in the kitchen yeah or whatever like and every and every girl at SC was rich, and they were they were Beverly Hills High. They had prom their dad's queen. money. They were so beautiful. Like the women Plastic. at SC, they were gorgeous. And I was like, oh my god, I'm yeah. Igor. That was like, yeah. But that's also what I liked about my sorority was like we just had such a, an eclectic group of women, yeah. and it was like the. Uh, I think you would have fit right in. You would have really fit in. Just well like with what my really sisters. resonated with me in the symphony, how they're like character before appearances. To be yeah. democratic, or like the lovable yeah. rather than popular. I was God, like, you remember I like that? This. I just remember. Well, what is Leo. it? Yeah, a good thing. <laughs> oh <laughs> to no, be, to the elect it is. You're like fuck. Yeah, and all the like. I think next like, time my sorority sisters get together, I'm, I'm going to be like, my friend Jessica Michelle Singleton is coming. She's a Kyle and she's honorary Phi member. Yay! You guys got shut down, huh? Oh, we got. Oh, we shut our. We when we practically burned the house down. We were so fucking. We were like <laughs> Animal House of pledge classes. Fuck. We were wild. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we were good at getting arrested, being passed out on the lawn. There's a lot of shit we did. I was like, see, a lot of my sorority sisters were just genuinely, like, there was a handful of pretty good, like, mm -hmm. do goody. Yeah. So I was like the rogue. I mean, there was a group yeah. of us, and then in my pledge class, there was a few of us that were just I animals. We would get into trouble. We had um, when it was composite pictures day. So the pictures you take, oh God, yeah, on the big composite of your whole sorority, and they're very proper, like high school senior photos type of thing. Apparently and I remember this. one day, uh, my sorority sister Don giving you a shout out, lady. <laughs> uh, my friend Don, 
who was like the president. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Was oh she my the president God. at the time of the sorority? She dressed up as twins. So she went in to take a picture as Dawn. And then she went in and took a picture as Fawn. And it made the composite. It made the composite. She was Dawn and Fawn. That's hilarious. And it, we were like an extra member. Like, it's it's nuts that she got away with that. It's just so funny because that's like somewhere either hanging up or like in a closet Dawn and Fawn. composites. She was Dawn and Fawn. That's so funny. Yeah. I like the idea of com- like concocting an entire story of like, whatever happened to Fawn? Yeah. I remember sitting in my sorority. Fawn! Sorority. I, I was living in the sorority house. I had five sisters. There were six of us in one room, like bunk beds. Oh, shit. Six of us in one room. And one night it was so late and we were just up to no good. And they had the Greek legend, which was like the Greek phone directory at the oh, time. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, phone had, directory. Right. That's how old I am. 700. So you, <laughs> you open up the phone directory and it has wow. all the pledges and all the members, everybody's phone number. Oh, wow. And so we were like, let's, let's, let's fuck with some people. Time to so call some bitches. my sorority sister, Cindy Day Irwin, love you, baby, <laughs> picked up the phone and, um, and there was a fraternity right next door to us. And she called the pledges that were listed for that fraternity. And it was, this is literally like one in the morning. And she's like, Pledge Harrison. She could could lower her voice. She could lower her voice. She was like, to be manly sometimes. She was the one who did manly sometimes the best. She go, to be manly. So she's like, Pledge Harrison. (laughs) In 10 minutes, be at the fraternity house with a toothbrush, a unicorn floaty. And your mother, like, and like, just crazy shit, crazy shit. (laughs) We did it with all the pledges. And at, in 10 minutes, you just looked these guys with a plunger on your head. They all, they all were, we looked out the window. That's so And it was like the best night of our life. We were like, we are such assholes. And the the members of the fraternity must've been like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. But we pulled shit like that all the time. Ah, that's fun. Well, all the time we stole. I mean, I got reprimanded. I got pulled into personnel a lot. Oh, yeah. And I was a good, I was really good, actually. And I just don't know. I just would get I caught. just got silly and like yeah. fucked around a little. Yeah, I got like personnel a few times. Just It's like I was just having too much yeah. fun. And there's the whole like, you're representing all of us. Yes. Which I was like, oh, okay, fair. I should have Really? Am I get... representing? Okay, fine. Like, but I didn't have my letters on. And they're yeah. like, People know that you're. And I'm like, okay. no, so stupid. It's not my fault. People know who I am. You're welcome, Kyle Omega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm anonymous. God, that was fun. So, you, did you guys have like a big sorority house? We had a huge, beautiful house. Our our Greek housing was like just a separate area of like basically different types of dorms. No, our 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 we had Greek Row USC. It's Ugh. on something called Twenty Eighth Street. So it's house next to house next to house. I've driven past it before. And it's and just, just like the huge, boom, beautiful boom, houses. Boom. Yeah, the one in UCLA too. I went. I went. Past. Yeah. When I first moved here, I was gonna get involved with the. I briefly got involved with the like. I didn't know anyone, so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll join the like alumni group. Yeah. But then I was just too much, and with my day job, the Ulysses. Sort of, yeah. Oh, Ulysses. I know. I got in that one time. Yeah. Yeah, I I did too. Yeah, I was like, there sh- they should do a whole spread on female comedians. I met someone else the other day. Who was a Kai Mega? God, I can't. They remember did. Who it was. They did a spread on like Angela from The Office. Oh, she is. She's a Kai Omega. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. She's not a stand-up, but like, I gotta check into that. Yeah, it was, I wish I could remember who I met the other day, and they're like, I was a Kai Omega, and I was like. 
No way. Like, there's. Do you know Sean Pilafsky and <laughs> Megan Gailey's a uh, kind of it's mega so too? crazy. People are like, you were in a sorority, and I was like, why is that so terrible? Why? Are you like, what like- do you think about sororities that you're so yeah, shocked I was in I was one? Like, we were fun, and then really, it ended up be some of my best friends. Yeah, it was like such a great group of women who I mean, have we gone on typical. to do. That's why you yeah. were with like functioning fun good people you yeah. weren't with you know empty-headed assholes yeah and it's so cool just seeing people go out and do their own like my big sister she's like running a like marriage and family therapy yeah thing. and i have a friend who's like this renowned makeup artist yeah it's Could just, you introduce me to her? Oh my god! Actually, <laughs> she just moved back from. All right, we she love her. Went gallivanting through Europe oh, a few boo-hoo. years ago, just being like, "I'm a free spirit," and you know, her makeup page had taken off, so she would make money in between doing like free makeup classes mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. other other makeup artists. Come yeah, and, like learn from her. She met a beautiful husband. She got the whole the dream when you think of like i'm gonna go wander to europe, europe. I know. she just met this like beautiful man. i tried to do that in europe i tried to like eyeball anybody i could <laughs> like, i was hello? like i seriously my just... eyeballs came out of my face <laughs> seriously That's so funny how'd you meet your husband my husband came to the comedy store <gasps> what i met him through a gay friend of mine who um you know i just put on social media like i'm at the store tonight if anyone needs tickets and one of my gay friends texted me and he said, you know, I need six tickets, um, but I'm not bringing the boys this time. I'm bringing a bunch of straights. And I'm like, <gasps> David, you say like, it's say it's like it's a bad thing. And he's like, like some of us appreciate those. Yeah. Straights. Yeah. And For better like, or worse. I do like heterosexual. Right. Men. Right. And he said, oh, they're my coworkers. And one's Russian. One's Israeli. One's Brazilian. And I go, I don't give a fuck about the two guys with the annoying accent, the Russian and the Israeli. But did you say Brazilian? Because, bitch, you know I like them brown. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah. And I said, is it, a, is, it a, is it a guy? Yes. Is he cute? Yes. Single. Breathing? Yes. Get him out. Okay. Didn't look him up. Didn't care to know. Just was excited that he was Brazilian. And he brought him out. I met him like, I was running late. So I met him like 30 seconds before I had to go on. Oh my God. And then I just started picking on um, two uh, uncut guys in the front row from New Zealand. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, hey. And I turned to my husband and I was like, you're Brazilian. You're uncut. And then it was just, we moved from him. And then there was a Bra- there was an Argentinian woman in the front row. So oh I pitted God. her against him because <laughs> they're, you know, they're, they're rivals. And then, yeah, I left. Right after my set, I had two more queens in town, and I had to meet with them. And so we went to get drinks, and we drank a lot that night. And I texted my friend. I said, you know, I know you guys stayed to watch the show, and I hope you enjoyed it. And he said, oh, yeah, we loved it. And I said, well, you know, the Brazilian was hot. I don't even remember what Rafael looked like. I was just happy he was breathing. And he said, well, he'd like, he would like your number. And then he, I said, okay. Like, so what are you waiting me. for? Yeah. And he started texting me within five minutes and because I was in the situation with these gay guys and they were drunk and I was drunk. And I'm like, Hoffy started texting me and he was like, I love the way you stretch it. You know, it was like broken oh, like Brazilian. It out. I love the way you stretch it. And um, I, you know, I said, I don't know what to say to him next. And the gay guys are like, they're like, I'll just say we should make a plan. I'm like, I'm not asking him out. I'm like, I'm a lady and he's the guy. And and they're like, girl, do you want to get it or not? And I was like, I do. And then next (laughs) thing I know, I'm texting, we should make a plan. And he's like, how about dinner tomorrow? And I'm like, I thought you never asked. Oh my God. And that's how it it Did you in a million years think you would meet a husband from a show? Because I always feel like, well, he's also hot. He came through your friend. No, I didn't. I Because people are always like, you probably meet men after shows no, all the time. I'm, like, not I'm a the deterrent. Kind. No, usually they're holding their balls. They look scared. I never, I never yeah. meet men at shows. But they no. like run because a lot of men are very intimidated by yeah. strong women. Yeah. 
So after shows, it's like, and my beauty's just overwhelming. It is. You're Um, gorgeous. I just, I, yeah, I was very fortunate that he. That's like so amazing. Here's the craziest. We went on our first date to Bossa Nova, the Brazilian restaurant in Hollywood. Oh, wow. And we're sitting in the window and we're talking and who walks by? My friend Tiffany Haddish (gasps) walks by. Oh my gosh. With another comedian, this other like African-American girl who was like 6'9", who had had six babies from six different fathers. I can't remember her name, so forgive me. Wow. And they're standing, I'm eating and I look outside and I see Tiffany like Haddish like humping the air (laughs) and I'm like, oh fuck. So I'm like, I waver, I'm like, just come in so I don't look like a weirdo. <laughs> God damn it. It's like, how is somebody clocking me at this moment? That's so, such I, a like comedy. It like, was so, story. I was like, so, un- I was like, uncomfortable, awkward. And then I brought her in and I introduced her to Rafael and um, the other girl. And they're like, ooh. And they, she, <laughs> she was like, you don't want him. I'll take him. I mean, she oh was God, up just like, on his shit. Oh. She was on him and i was like what the fuck like i laughed it off but like, like <laughs> yeah oh like newly divorced tiffany and i was like what you're the like, hell oh, she is rally. yeah she was in it she turned around put her ass out and, and you're like, was just like ooh, i'll and, ooh. and that's the thing that it's like oh man if that's what he's into i am fucked yeah like i goodbye, was just like sweet. oh shit i'm i know till this day i'm like hey are you sure you're are you sure you're not upset you didn't go with tiffany haddish <laughs> you would have been sitting pretty motherfucker yeah. <laughs> like wrong choice <laughs> that's so funny wrong choice honey you could be being pampered right oh now. my god you could have the life sorry oh my god your moment's coming i have no doubt oh uh, you're so sweet jess thank you <sighs> thank you thank you for doing this i have oh one more question somebody wanted to know uh, advice for like starting out comedian 105 pounds oh, oh. is that not the question shit shit okay i'm over budget 31 um somebody <laughs> asked this i think it's just like do you think it's more important to be able to fill time or tighten up short segments? Like this person was like, is it better to focus on a tight five or have an okay 15? I say tight five. That's a weird question. A tight five. Yeah, I think you should I think you could grow from tight and tight and tight. Yeah. Well, the word tight is making me uncomfortable, but yeah, tight. Uh, Don't project a, your issues onto me, lady. I know. You have a Brazilian I husband. Know. You did this to yourself. It's no longer tight. So tight, you, <laughs> t- I'd say definitely a tight five because you can start to hone that type five and more stuff may come from that type five to make it 10. Yeah, exactly. You'll always, are you improvise for the next 10 minutes and hope that that works. Hope something comes together. I like that. That was just a little comedy thing. Your special is called stretch it out. It is. Yes. Stretch it out. It's uh, available on uh, Amazon, iTunes on demand, Xbox. If you're a 12 year old boy. Oh, Hey, Um, that's my whole audience. Right. Fandango now. Fandango. Yeah. I didn't even know they did. That's no shit. Neither did I until I found out. So you are welcome. Fandango. That's cool. It's interesting to see that they're probably like, what more can we do? This yeah. movie ticket thing yeah. used to be such a big. Yeah, that's cool. It'll yeah, be it's on like Vimeo they... and something called like Steam. I don't know. It's like on seven hundred platforms that that's I can't like even start to tell you about. Where it's like, pro- pro- if you like, can get other yeah. things there, you could probably find my thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's um, you can buy it, you can rent it, you can buy the album, you can listen as you drive. In any shape or form, it is out there. It is it is out there. Or if you have problems, find it. Just go to my website, hahachick.com, H-A-H-A-C-H-I-C-K.com. And it shows you, you can just click on links and, and it'll come up and you can buy it. 
That's amazing. Uh, you guys go go get it. You're so funny. Is there anything else you want to add? Any last thing? Where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at, it's very easy, at Sean Pulaski. Just rolls off your tongue. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's all social media is at Sean Pulaski. And uh, hahachick.com, you can see where I'm performing. And um, I just, I'm so appreciative that you, you had me on the show, Jessica. You are a light love. We did know each other in a formal life. We are I Ka- really think Kaya so. sisters fucking forever. I love Kaya. It doesn't end. It lasts forever. Okay. <laughs> did you guys do a version of the rose for your, we like had Bette some Midler, the rose. We had a song. Yeah, oh yeah. For our practice. I don't know. We didn't have that. that we had a, I don't remember how it was. You had a bet. Cause like, not only that, but that, that I got to my sing sorority a solo. For sure. What? Oh, and I was like, this is everything. Wait, you say, Caillou, I'm so... Ju- no, we had like, make love, make love. Oh, come make love to me. You don't oh, have that? for I don't- recruitment or just as like a drinking song? Oh, what? were we not supposed to use that for recruitment? <laughs> no, you probably got more fun sisters <laughs> for Oh, it. shit. Right, you're probably no getting No wonder like, we're not there anymore. More party animals than like me singing. <laughs> put a dick in us, put a dick in us. <laughs> like the... You guys are singing the rose. We're like, drink, do coke. Cain and fuck. <laughs> and we're like, uh, c- Christian values. No, it's to the rose. I wish we had the rose. Ah, uh, I think they still, I think a lot of girls will still win. You have to send me that. I, I, I gotta look to, it up. You have, I have to see that. Because I think a lot of girls will do like when they get married and stuff and there's a bunch of sisters there. I could be thinking of the wrong song, but I think they'll all get in a circle and hold hands and sing the song and like. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to sob. But I, I like that. Sang that makes it. me so happy. And I can my, now sleep tonight knowing uh, that there is a rose version for Kyle. my like senior. It was like recruitment and I was singing and I was like, <laughs> on prep day in the middle of singing. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, thank you for doing this. You're amazing. Oh, likewise. Right back at you, Jess. Uh, so uh, proud of you. You guys, thank you so much. Go follow Sean. Go get her special. Go download the album. Do everything. See her. Go on a gay cruise. I love you guys. Bye, idiots.